0: Are listening to Resonance FM, this is The Bike Show, and this week we're talking about bicycling and the media.
1: It's like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. I'm trying not to lose my head (laughs) It's like a jungle sometimes It makes me wonder how I keep from going under Standing on the front stoop, hanging out the window Watching all the cars go by, roaring as the breezes blow A crazy lady living in a bag Eating out of garbage pails, used to be a fag hag, such a dance tango, skip the life and dango. As her prince princess Seen the lost her senses. Down at the peep show, watching all the creeps So she could tell her stories, took the girls back home She went to the city and got so, so sedated so She had to get a peep, she couldn't make it on her own Don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge I'm trying Not to lose my
0: head (laughs) Well, joining me in the studio to talk about bicycling and the media and how they interact in a kind of weird postmodern acrobatic performance of a radio show talking about the media. I'm joined by Buffalo Bill, friend of the bike show. Welcome to the show, Bill. Hello, Jack. How are you? I'm all right. Are you close to the edge? Are you losing your head? Uh, I think I lost my head a while ago, but yeah. Well, you write um, and run the Moving Target zine, which Uh is online offering about it's a bike messenger culture but it strays into kind of wider
2: bike culture as well doesn't yeah. it i mean we reported the death uh, the various deaths that have been uh, on the road last year in clerkenwell but um yeah i mean i yeah we interact with the rest of society we don't exist in a vacuum so what happens in the wider media affects us
0: well one of the things that uh you recently shot to fame on the broadcasting waves. It was get you in Resonance. You've been on Resonance a couple of times with us, but it wasn't enough for you, it seems. So you had to go and go on Today, in an act of gross uh, treachery and unfaithfulness. <laughs> but we're going um, <laughs> to reprise a certain portion of your uh, interview on the Today program, so that people can get a flavour of how the mainstream media is covering
2: cycling. Now this doesn't happen very often, but the thing in yesterday's programme that stood up most reaction was our report on yesterday in Parliament. Many of you were livid at what you heard you called to tell us. And the reason for the anger, peers had been debating cycling and attacking cyclists for making life so difficult for pedestrians. Here's Lord Quinton. As an elderly resident, uh, much
3: given to walking about of central London, I'm constantly perceiving riders on the pavement, persons popping through traffic lights that are against them, uh, driving up one-way streets. Perhaps I ought to declare a kind of medical interest in that my wife was bumped into by a cyclist going the wrong way up Bond Street, at least it was a good street, and uh, (laughs) as a result she suffered a fractured pelvis.
2: Well, there we are. is that the risks we run? Here is with me in the studio is Buffalo Bill. He's, that's what he's known as. His name is Bill Chidley. He's the uh, editor of the magazine for bicycle messengers, Moving Target, and also Quentin Wilson, who's a correspondent, former Top Gear presenter, of course. Um, do you agree with the characterization that uh, Quentin Wilson? I mean, do you not like
3: cyclists? Um, I think cycling is fantastic and, and it has huge social benefits, but there, there, there there's a hard core of what should we call them sort of anarchist cyclists, and it's particularly London-centric, where they just um, d- don't understand the highway code, don't care, and will go through red lights, go down one-way streets, cause a hazard to pedestrians, etc., etc., and and they are there and they are very real and very dangerous. That's
2: true, isn't it, Bill Judy? Well I think there is a problem with cycling in this country and I think the problem is that the British hate cyclists and I think that even that includes British cyclists. Perhaps that's because of their behaviour? Well I don't think there is a problem, a safety problem with cyclists. I mean if you look at the stats, I've got stats in front of me, there were 321 people uh, killed on the road, 671 were pedestrians and one of those pedestrians, one of those pedestrians uh, was involved in a collision with a cyclist. So that's not a huge problem in my view. Um, the On the other hand, that doesn't tell you how many were knocked down and injured, like um, his Lordship's wife who had a pelvis fractured? Well, that's, that. I mean, I, it's very unfortunate to hear of any kind of collision resulting in serious injury, but from my point of view, I can tell you of within the small confines of the Curie community, seven people who have been killed since 1989 doing their job. And probably, so they'd be killed by a motorist, you mean, yeah. Yeah killed, yeah, killed by HGVs. Two people I know by name who were killed last Well,
0: year. that's enough of the Today
2: programme on Resonance. Um, <laughs> why were you roped into that, do you think? Uh, well, it's basically because of Lord Quentin. I mean, it's a bit confusing because it was Quentin Wilson, who's the motoring journalist, a sort of Jeremy Clarkson light, um, and uh, Lord Quentin, who'd raised the issue of bad behaviour by cyclists, uh, to uh, a member of the government, in the House of Lords and that had been reported on on yesterday in Parliament and, but I mean it's part of a wider picture a cyclist only feature whenever cyclists feature in the media in any shape or form there's always some crack about what a, a hazard they are what a menace to society they are and where do you think this is coming from? well it's just a hate class hatred of cyclists I mean cycling is always in this country being associated with the working classes and do you think the, so? yes well, I've, been, I've
0: been on um, on definitely. BBC
2: yes. London as a, as, a, as a little guest slot in the mm. studio when
0: they every couple of weeks they talk about cycling and we had a call one time um from a member of the public saying i hate all you middle-class self-righteous <laughs> cyclists you know you think you're better than
2: everybody else um you're all eco warriors i mean th- there is yeah there is a bit of conflation there as well i think you know that if you're on a, if you're on a bike you're seen as some sort of um revolutionary you're obviously a subversive and i put that into historical concepts co- context um, one of the big campaigning tools of the Labour Party in the early days of the Labour Party so around the turn of the century was the Clarion Cycling Club so I mean there's always been a link between working class organisation I mean I, I'm not I'm not a member of the Labour Party and I'm not a socialist Okay, I mean I am a member of the Green Party but that's by the by but there is a big link historically between working class organisation and cycling and I, I believe that it, it is a class hatred thing and that, um, the only reason you could be cycling is either because you're a nutter some sort of sandal wearing beard growing you know knit your own muesli sort of style or because you're poor and neither category is um respected by wider society and there is, i mean it's not helpful when the media are constantly banging on about cyclists being a menace to society which i mean they're not the stats i mean i know that uh, stats can prove a lot of things but the stats just don't bear it out there is not a huge problem which is why when I've had conversations with um, a guy called Ian Brooks, who's the chief traffic cop in the Met, he doesn't talk about, to me, when he was talking to me as, when I was chair of the London Bicycle Messenger said he doesn't talk to me about what a menace we are and how we need to modify our behaviour. What he talks about is um, enforcement of you know the speed limits, cracking down on bad behaviour by HGVs you know the ACPO had a big campaign on HDVs. you know they, they spent a lot of time and money pulling over HGV drivers they didn't do the same thing for cyclists. they might you know the City of London police who are the, the most reactionary uniformed member a uniformed branch in this country I mean you know by far outweighing the parachute regiment or you know the, the, they've had a crackdown on cyclists but in the wider context of the Met ian britz isn't after us he knows that we're not a problem i mean he cycles himself
0: do you think it's a particularly british thing or do you think that um you know over in the states they're any better or on the continent they're any better i mean i I get the impression that um things are much worse over at the atlantic um you know in terms of whether cyclists are mainstream or not or you know in terms of the crackdown on critical mass in new york just in terms of of cyclists not being seen as legitimate road users
2: I mean, it's, it, I mean, you've obviously ridden quite a bit in the states, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, I, I have too, and I'm. Well, the thing about the states is the standard of driving is so much lower, right? So, I mean, the motorists are much more of a hazard. So, in London, the standard of driving, even though we perceive it to be dangerous, riding here, the standard of driving in London is actually quite high. People have pretty good control over their vehicles, whereas in the states, you know, the standard of driving is so appallingly bad that there's that, and there's the intolerance towards cyclists but in the states what you've got which you don't have here is um, a lot more room on the roads so there isn't that constant conflict that you get here there isn't road rage in the same way Um, but yeah i agree the states is worse certain parts of europe are much better in the latin countries it's interesting because if you're dressed in bright lycra and and riding a road bike and it's sunday morning they'll give you all the room you want but when you're in towns it's a completely different story. I mean, they're running you off the road and everything. It's exactly well. On
0: that note, we've subliminally drifted towards a piece of music which I selected for the show, and after that, we'll come back with a bit more uh, chat in depth and an interview with Matt Seaton. <laughs>
4: Me Joe. Come call me Joe, call me Moe. That's Mama Speedo, he don't never take it slow. Well, Nadia can call me Speedo, but my real name is Dirt. Nadia can call me Speedo, but my real name is Dirt. Call me Mo, yeah. some call me Joe. That's Mama Speedo, he don't ever take it slow. Well, not a all can call me Speedo, but my real name is Bird.
0: by the Cadillacs. Anyway, one of the we're going to talk about it a little bit later, I think in the show, but one of the things that I think has been quite good in the last um, six months or so has been the appearance of a weekly cycling column in The Guardian newspaper. and um, it's written by Matt Seaton who um, works for The Guardian and writes about cycling more um, more widely. I went down to the Guardian canteen this afternoon to meet Matt, and asked, I started off by asking him where the idea for the cycling column had come from.
3: Well, it really started back in September when the Guardian relaunched, and um, I think the, the features editor just came up to me and, and said, oh, I think we should, uh, we should be doing a cycling column. You know, we have a, a weekly motoring page, but he could see that you know a lot of, uh, a lot of Guardian readers have, May well be cyclists and probably more interested in cycling, perhaps, and sustainable transport and so forth than they are in motoring, really. So he thought high time we had a cycling column. And it started off just one column on the side of the, the motoring spread. And then uh, over time, you know, I think it, was a, you know, it started getting a bit of feedback and people were clearly sort of reading it. And so it's turned into a two column column now. So it's, it's gradually encroaching, we're gradually squeezing out the cars altogether. And what kind of things
0: you sent off to write about, or what kind of
3: ideas did you have to come up with? God, um, I mean, it's really just, you know, experiential. It's out of, you know, whatever's on my mind during the week. But, it's, but, you know, so many people come up to you or email you. In a way, you're constantly being fed ideas. You know, people are saying, oh, you know, something happened to me. You should write about this, you know. What about red lights? What about, uh, what about road rage between cyclists? You know, there's people constantly kind of coming up with they you know they know that you're doing it and actually the guardian has a lot of cyclists among its employees this, which is probably what the features editor noticed you know they they keep expanding the bike sheds and it used to hold about 60 bikes and they kind of put more spaces in and immediately it, it, you know, the number of people who bring their bikes every day doubles. So I think, you know, this is what the features editors notice. They, they're kind of quite, a, they can be quite obtuse people in a way, but um, but they've got great antennae. You know, they kind of notice cultural change. And and what been the most kind of popular with the news desk stories or the features desk, what are
0: the stories that um, to non-cycling
3: commissioners they think about? Oh, this is a great story, or this is something that we're interested in. Huh what well, I think it's changed, uh, you know, just in the last year or so, I mean, probably a couple of years ago, uh, you know, a features editor would have rolled their eyes if they'd seen me coming with an idea about an article I wanted to write on cycling. And uh, then a couple of months ago, by contrast, you know, uh, one a ed- commissioning editor had, had noticed some fairly obscure small print story about the fact that um, I think five towns had one beacon status, which meant they were going to get a, a, a million pounds uh, of funding a year to promote cycling, and said to me, "Oh, this is really interesting. Why, do you, why don't you write a feature? A whole, you know, go and research a feature about what makes a cycling friendly town?" Um, so there I was I I would never have even dreamt of going to a commissioning editor with that idea because I just would think that it's you know it's my little hobby horse it's of no interest to the world at large let alone you know features editor who's you know always you know they they are paid in a way to have uh, mainstream instincts you know to, to see what's happening out there in the news that people are talking about but that just shows how I think you know Cycling is more in the air, you know. There, it's it's you have a number of people, particularly in London, who cycle is growing, and and that you know, editors notice that kind of thing. I mean, in in many ways, it's what is happening in front of their nose is what they're noticing. So if they're noticing, oh, that's funny, there are more people cycling to work than I used to notice. Um, that's that's what they start commissioning features about. And in terms of your readers, what was, which columns have. Uh, generated the largest mailbag. Oh God! Um, red lights always always gets quite a few. Uh, if you write about red lights, um, I actually put my my head in the lion's mouth a, f- a few weeks ago and suggested that. Um, cyclists yes high time cyclists were more responsible about obeying the rules of the road and the highway code and so forth and I said maybe cyclists should, uh, should have to have licenses you know should be tested and, and show competence and show knowledge of the highway code etc and that it, you know that, of course, generated a, a postbag. But you know, I, I was being deliberately provocative. You know, who who really wants a license? It's, you know, it discouraged far too many people from cycling. So it was just it was a, in a sense, a provocation. It was a way of trying to talk about the the running red lights issue, but in a way in a in a, in a way that wasn't just a, a why oh why do people do it? And so the Guardian is obviously. A beacon of
0: enlightenment in the media, um, in terms of coverage of cycling. How do you think the the rest of the media cover cycling? And, and have you noticed any changes um, in the last five or ten years in terms of the attitude of other newspapers and other media outlets to to cycling?
3: Well, I think I think the Independent, to give them credit, also has a, an occasional cycling column in their in their motoring section. Um, What would be a real breakthrough would be if um, uh, you know a a driving motoring section like the Sunday Times is started employing a cycling columnist. Um, But you know at the moment that is the the last redoubt of the the kind of motor sort of petrol head dinosaurs. Um, uh, People, you you know, it's it's mixed. I think you know sometimes Evening Standard, which of course is you know the Londoners' paper. Um, runs quite a lot of cycling stories. They run a lot of transport-related stories. Sometimes they're negative, sometimes they're more positive. They, they have a very, uh, they have a kind of split personality attitude about Ken Livingstone. Sometimes they love him and sometimes they hate him, so they seem to be either feuding or, or kind of having a love-in with him. And of course, you know, for, for a lot of Londoners, London cyclists, ken livingston's congestion charge has been a boon and and the amount of money that's being spent by transport for london on cycling is is a boon for cyclists um, i i i think there was quite a lot of coverage in the times um, of the tragedy in rill where four cyclists were killed a few weeks ago and uh, I I didn't actually read their news coverage but I heard quite a lot of feedback from other cyclists about it saying how bad it was and that there'd been a a really stupid piece about how dangerous cycling was and how, you know, they're the only uh, type of road user for whom casualties are going up which is actually wrong I mean, they they were slightly higher in 2004 than they were in 2003 but the trend is downwards so it was a completely misinformed piece Um, But on the whole, I think there are more positive stories now about cycling. And, and, you know, things like the Tour de France coming to London next year. You know, there there are good news stories now. And so if people want to read your column, what day of the week is it? (laughs) Thanks very much, Jack. It's on Wednesday uh, in G2. You have to hunt a bit through G2 and, and kind of go to the motoring page. But there it is. And have you got any features in preparation as well? Um... I haven't. Although I'm writing a piece for Men's Health magazine, uh, this, not, so not for the Guardian, but I'm going to do a piece about cycling for the Men's Health magazine, which uh, involves me having to, to ride the the route uh, uh, from London to Canterbury of the, the 2007 uh, one of the 2007 stages that the Tour de France will be doing in this country, which means I've in the next two weeks I've got to ride 130 miles from London to Canterbury, which I, you know I'm feeling slightly wary of.
0: Well, that was Matt Seaton uh, talking to me earlier today. Bill, I mean, like it or not, whether or not you like the whole or the color of the mm. colour of everything that's written about cycling, you can't deny that there is more in the media and more of
2: it is positive than more ever before. Is, well, I'm not sure if um, more of it is positive. I mean, a lot of the time you're only finding uh, pieces about cycling in the media when there is there's some extra twist, like the iPod story last yeah, week. Yeah, I've got
0: this in front of me. It's, it's, it's a have it's got the copy, it's... Did cyclist with an iPod not hear the lorry that killed her? This is in the Daily Mail, and it's kind of a quarter page in the Daily Mail with a picture of um, a law student, Patricia McMillan, who was um, involved in a collision that um, resulted in her death. And um, it's complete conjecture um, about this question of the iPod. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, that the, the, the sort of elephant in, the, in the room is the fact that there's a lorry that yeah. ran her down.
2: But that's, I mean, that's how um, a traffic collision is often reported, if there's an extra twist. So it wasn't the HGV that killed her, it was the iPod. So that makes it interesting to the media. So, and, and a similar thing with Vicky McCreary, it wasn't the bus that ran her over from Vicky behind. Vicky McCreary was... Killed that. on Blackfriars Bridge, it was the bike lane. Well, not Clearly the bike lane didn't kill her. It, you know, it's the exact opposite. So I think... Um, you know, and Matt Seaton picked that story up. You know, for all that Matt's on there going, oh, I'm so positive and I'm so cool. Matt Seaton picked that story up. And instead of focusing on, you know, the issue, which is yet another cyclist run down by an HTV, which is something I've raised with him myself. So Matt, for all that he's... Uh, going, oh, you know, everything's really rosy, and I'm doing a really great job. I think actually, Matt is a very poor servant to the cycling community because he behaves just like another. Journalist. Well, Matt's,
0: Matt's not here to defend himself, but I will well, try a, and do it, shame. Try and do it for it's him. A shame. We'll, we'll, we'll bring him in to the show um, sometime in the future. I hope. But I mean, I think his piece about the iPod was actually broadened out into a sort of more philosophical question about whether the iPod world is everybody living in their own gated community uh, and whether actually the pleasure of cycling well, is the fact that you can interact with the world around you in a kind of visual and oral way rather than kind of posing I mean, yourself so off. Fair enough. Than, he wasn't cast in, you know, judgment yeah. over the woman, I don't think.
2: Well, he was. I mean, that's the way I saw it. I mean, you know, he was saying exactly the same thing as a standard, basically. She might be alive today if she hadn't been wearing the iPod, which is backwards for me. So what's the but. best thing in the media that there's been... Apart from moving target zine. Obviously, moving target zine, yeah. The best thing, I mean, I was surprised by the way that the Today programme dealt with cycling. I was surprised by how uh, friendly John Humphreys was to me, and that was because John Humphreys is actually a cyclist himself when he was a kid. I mean,
0: this is the thing there is a whole lot of kind of famous
2: premise. media cycling people
0: mm. John, you know, John Snow, Snow famously, famously yeah. cycles because Boris, it helps him get to work on time
2: Boris is and his dad Boris Johnson and his dad as well who's his s- dad? well Mr Johnson Mr Johnson <laughs> <laughs> they cycle I think he's a lord though isn't he so I think he's got a seat in a hell and then of the David
0: Lords. Cameron famously
2: yeah I mean there's a whole it's uh, it's become a much more trendy thing, but I'm not sure whether it's just a bit of tokenism, where you know you, you ride for two miles, like um, you ride for two miles into work, as but you know actually you drive your car all the time. So it's it's sort of for rich people who can afford to have a car and a bike. You know, you'd obviously if it was a choice between a bike and a car, you'd obviously keep the car. David Cameron wouldn't just cycle; he'd he'd have to you know ride um, drive a car as well. And um, any of the magazines, any good?
0: The, like the print magazines, they're all. I, I think they're all a, seem to be a bit kind of geeky, single interest sort of. And they, 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 so sort of you yeah, read well, one, and you've s- seen them all. They're just full of adverts.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the problem is it's just a, a wider problem with the way that cycling is marketed here. It's marketed as very, very gadgety. I mean, you said that on radio. Uh, a, on bbc london that you were seen as very middle class you know cycling is seen as expensive and it shouldn't be it should be the cheap option but cycling is marketed as sort of you know 21 gears you've got to have this cortex got to have that helmet etc well you don't so, get allowed onto the moving target zine
0: website unless you've can prove that you've only got one gear but if people do want to <laughs> vi- visit it how do, about, how do they go about doing that
2: to just go to www.movingtargetzine.com and yeah you can join in the fun yeah, you don't have to be a single gear, you don't even have to be a messenger you just do what, do what. I mean you know we we may take a dim view of you but uh,
0: well we've got an invasion of the clear spot into the studio now and I think there it's all about time just to say um, the bike show will be back next week we've got Dave Holiday who's the public transport campaigner for the Cyclist Touring Club the CTC coming in to talk about cycle and rail integration and in the meantime here's a little plug for um, London's best bike messenger band, who are coming in for a live session in reson- uh, Resonance on oh, the 20th of March. Yep, they are. It. And um, in the you. meantime, here's um, something that they recorded earlier. It's called Alley Cat. This is the bike show. Um, see you next week.
1: I'm tired! Trying-